You're listening to the ANA Podcast Network, powered by Odyssey, a leading multi-platform audio content and entertainment company. Listen on the Odyssey app. For the ANA Champions of Growth Podcast, I'm Matthew Schwartz. The number is staggering. According to an upcoming report by Bridge, which seeks to elevate diversity, equity, and inclusion throughout the workplace, the marketing industry is roughly 20 years behind U.S. Census data when it comes to reflecting the complexion of the country. The report is a stark reminder that despite some of the progress that's been made in the last few years, the real work on DEI is just beginning. Deidre Smalls-Landau, Executive Vice President, Business Equity at Media Brands, says striving for DEI is a marathon, not a sprint. She stresses that in order for brands to foster change, DEI must thread throughout the entire organization rather than put all the responsibility on an advocate or two, in which case most efforts at diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging are likely to come up short. Smalls Lando and Cheryl Deha, founder and CEO of Bridge, join me to talk about where DEI currently stands throughout the marketing industry, what role CMOs and marketers need to play in driving change, and why the time for philosophizing about DEI is long past its expiration date. Thanks so much for joining me. I appreciate your time. Cheryl, uh, I'd like to start with you. Why did you start Bridge and what role does it play regarding DEI? What are the organization's top priorities? Bridge is the first independent DEI trade organization for the global marketing industry. It's an acronym for belonging, representation, inclusion, diversity. The G is the gap in all of those things and the E is equity. We're only a year old, so we have audacious ambitions and we have accomplished quite a lot in the first year. But our major focus right now is really to move the narrative of DEI from a philosophy to inclusion as a business practice. And how do we help companies and brands operationalize inclusion for business growth? We know that it's a moral imperative, but that hasn't necessarily driven the change as fast as we'd like it to be. And so we are really focused on the business imperative to operationalize it so it becomes really part of the fabric of an organization. Why has DEI stalled for many companies three years after the murder of George Floyd, which sparked a national soul searching? In the cold open, I referred to a new ad age study showing signs that many of the brands that have made public commitments, including Target, Walmart, Procter & Gamble, Coca-Cola, General Motors, and McDonald's have made marked progress, though the degree to which that's happening is subject to some debate among media owners. Are too many C-level execs and board members conditioned to existing structures and business constructs prefer to tinker at the edges rather than making wholesale changes? Back to kind of our mission about operationalizing inclusion across the business. We see quite a bit where there is a champion in an organization that change happens much more rapidly and much more significantly. But we cannot be dependent on one person and one champion. And that's the reason why we are really focused on business practices holistically across the organization, because we know that people come and go and we know that passions change. But we also have seen with other business practices that if it is part of an organization, then it is just there. It is just part of their operating. I do think that there have been some 
organizations that have done a great job and that they are certainly leading in this area. Generally, it is being done either by a specific leader. If we've seen if there's a, for example, a black CMO, there's significant change that happens very quickly. And so we want to make sure that it is the job of everyone, not the job of a single person to drive DEI within an organization. And that starts with understanding the where you are already on the maturity level of inclusion, understanding what your business practices are that are already contributing to equity and inequities or equity and inclusion, both in the workplace and in the marketplace. Because it's not enough to just do it in one place versus the other. It needs to be across the board. It needs to be with the talent that you hire and retain. It needs to be with the products that you develop. It needs to be how you bring those products to market, how you segment the populations. Let's be honest, companies have a huge opportunity. There's $5 trillion in buying power out there. We must help companies understand what the opportunity is and then how do they go after that opportunity. And that's all steeped in DEI and building a more inclusive both workplace and marketplace. And staying on this notion of equity, you talk a lot about nurturing an entire ecosystem that's needed to make legitimate change. And that equity is not the same thing as equality. What do you mean by that? And how should CMOs and marketers think about that when it comes to execution and best practices? Equality is basically when you give everybody the exact same status, rights, and opportunities. It does not take into account the fact that people start off in different places, that there are inherent and systemic differences in opportunities, differences in obstacles, differences in barriers, etc. Equity, on the other hand, is giving people access to the things that they need as an individual, true to who they are, to thrive in their organization. We believe the focus needs to be on equity. I would love to answer the question around why DEI has stalled. We're a capitalist society. We are very committed to sensationalism. We've evolved to a place where it's exciting to support and there are these ebbs and flows of news. Unfortunately, and someone mentioned this to me, they said, this is going to pass. This whole era of the reckoning is going to pass because it is sensational right now. It's everything that companies should be standing up and doing right now. And so people are going to put on the act of doing and demonstrate that they're doing it without the earnest and the committed ability to address the infrastructure on which a lot of these systemic issues were built on. It is as if we need to build new houses we need to find new plots of land and we need to say we're rebuilding this from the bottom up based on what we know to be the foundation by which all can ensure that we are driving growth. Sure. Well, that sort of plays into my next question for you, which is, are too many companies still putting DEI over here in yeah. a little cubbyhole rather than taking an holistic approach? I would say yes, because I don't know if individuals know what companies know what to do with it. Again, it's a cause and effect. The cause and effect sort of demonstrates that we have to do something so they don't quite know what to do with it. We've seen a dramatic rise in the hiring of CDOs after the reckoning, and then we've seen a dramatic decline, or we've seen sort of CDOs not really having the opportunity to lean in, to drive change, that they need to drive change. 
holistically, we have to think about the fact that if we encapsulate and we bring everything together, we will be able to usher in a new way of doing business, a new way of supercharging organizations and institutions and revisit how we are being complicit in systemic barriers from product design to marketing research, to marketing outreach, to community engagement. Too many companies are still unsure of what DEI means, and some are choosing one over the other. They think this is a chessboard. We want to choose the D, we'll choose the I, we'll choose the B later, or we'll choose the one that makes us feel comfortable because, as Cheryl said, equity is a thing that might make people feel a little uncomfortable. The holistic nature of DEI is one that right now, because of the evolution of what it means, is a little bit uncertain for a lot of people because DEI in and of itself has been around since the 60s, since the civil rights era. Even DEI practitioners historically have said, this is refreshing, this new look at DEI because it is holistic interrogation of what it means to be inclusive and equitable and diverse and driving belonging. Equity is not about taking away necessarily. It's about rebalancing. Everybody can have equity. It doesn't mean that if we give more equity to a certain population, that the population that currently has equity loses. It just means that we gain something more. It's additive. We're not taking away. We're rebalancing. That's really important because we need to take the fear out of DEI and we need to take the misrepresentation out of the DEI conversation, which is really why we're moving the narrative away from philosophy to business. Because it's very easy to argue from a philosophical perspective. But at the end of the day, we are all about building more inclusive companies. It's good for business. As we start to have different conversations, we must remove their fears, but they're not true. They're not reality. That's really part of what we are here to help do that. We're here to help have difficult conversations, to have everybody find their voice in this, because inclusion means inclusion of everyone. A beautiful thing about Bridge is the constellation of executives across business, across companies, as well as across titles. So CDOs, CMOs, CEOs that are not all black and brown, because this is not a black and brown problem. This wasn't something that black and brown people invented, this idea of wanting to be included. This is an accomplice, an ally, an advocate opportunity. It's an opportunity for allies and advocates. Typically, when you see organizations that are focused on this, it is usually Black and brown people who are sort of advocating and fighting for opportunities to create holistic approaches, to create more inclusive environments, to drive more inclusive products. And it doesn't rest solely on that. And as we head into a break, Deirdre, UM, the global media agency network of IPG Media Brands, released its future impact study late last year. One of the most salient takeaways is that when a brand embodies all three values of integrity, sustainability, and equity, there was a 75% increase in purchase intent among consumers. How can CMOs and marketers leverage that kind of data to make the business case for DEI? What are the most effective ways at building on those three values? The reason we did this study is because we wanted to put the data behind the facts. We knew the facts. We understood that brands and clients who really supported social values could actually drive their business. And we wanted to have the data to support that. 
We've done additional studies through our Magna Intelligence team that saw that younger generation are 31% more likely, more involved in social issues and movements and care more about it. We need to put the data in the hands of our C-suite leaders. Also, we need to enforce accountability and ownership. That is the key thing that is often missing in the conversation around how do we make sure we're driving the business case. The business case has to be tied to accountability and whatever form that takes within an organization, whether that is accountability as it relates to compensation, growth and the overall business, there is a level of distrust that something is being lost in this transaction. And when we think about the idea that your business can grow, and the study actually shows your business, if you look at social values, companies that have social values around integrity, sustainability, and integrity, and they match that with what they do externally can drive 75% growth or purchase intent. It is making sure the inside is talking to the outside because you can do a lot of these things inside, but how do you make sure that you're matching them externally in order to drive the success that you need to? Stay with us. There's more to come. We now take a break for a brief message regarding Greater Good Magazine. Greater Good covers a wide array of brands and organizations that are looking to do good for humanity. Stories run the gamut, from a program sponsored by Chipotle to reduce food insecurity, to the eco-initiatives of the U.S. Postal Service, to the New York Islanders providing funding for canines to become guide dogs. The publication is designed to inspire marketers along with the real-world intelligence they need to drive growth and boost their value. Find the publication at www.ana.net slash champions of greater good. Welcome back. I'm speaking with Cheryl Deja, founder and CEO of Bridge, and Deidre Smalls-Landau, Executive Vice President Business Equity at Media Brands, about how companies are grappling with diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. Cheryl, Research from GWI finds that Gen Z, the youngest cohort, is most concerned and is twice as likely as other groups to cite anti-racism and trans rights as important social issues. They are also the most active generation, with 60% saying protesting injustice is essential. Is this a generational issue in order for real change to become systemic? I sure hope not. <laughs> I mean, I sure hope that we can make change for this generation before they have to take over and inherit some of the stuff that exists as a result of our generation not having changed anything. So, well, maybe um, you get incremental change in the process, but in terms of more wholesale changes, more yeah. changes that it becomes the norm. Is well, that I generational? Mean, the Gen Z generation is far more socially conscious. They have more access to so many different issues, understanding of them, and their acceptance of people is just at a completely different level. And their commitment to social justice is at a very different level. So as the Gen Z generation moves into corporate America, etc., that change will happen. However, I don't think we can rely on it completely. There's still not enough of a funnel of diverse talent going into these organizations. So we cannot just expect 
that as this new generation comes into corporate America, that change is going to happen automatically. We have to start to level the playing field. We have to start to create more equity for and opportunities for black and brown students, for black and brown teenagers, etc. So we still know that there are inequities that exist outside of the corporate world that impact what happens inside. There is fixing to be done by us before we can just say, well, you know what, it's going to change anyway. It's easy for younger people to be idealistic. Their responsibilities are very different. The way they live their lives are very different. But as younger people move into more responsibility and some of the opportunities that exist for different populations and they become comfortable with privilege and power and monetary gain, you become less idealistic and you start to protect what's yours. It is our responsibility now, today, tomorrow, to fix those inequities. The structures that are currently in place do not guarantee that this generation will come into the workplace with equity. We have to fix that in order for it to happen. I would be very nervous to just simply say that we have a new generation that's more socially conscious that's going to change things. Companies and brands need to know who they are and who they aren't. They need to authentically figure out what their social values are what they believe in and what they don't believe in. Because this generation can see through that very, very clearly, better than other generations. You cannot pretend as an organization, and it's a cautionary tale for companies that don't do that. It's as important to understand who you're not as it is to understand who you are. I'm not surprised by this data. Gen Z are 45% multicultural. They're the crux of trying to address systemic issues that have existed in their cultures previous to the introduction of a Gen Z cohort group. We can't rely on a generation to solve for something that they had no sort of creation in it. How do we empower how do we use the fire that they have to empower and change what we know needs to be changed? I think that's the thing that Gen Z are giving us. It's the reminder that the status quo is unacceptable because we may have lost grip on that and we need to power forward and be more rigorous around how we need to approach bringing them into cultures, bringing them into organizations, because this is what they're looking for. Study after study shows they're looking for organizations that stand for something. And when we talk about nurturing, when we talk about the generations, is it not a similar thread regarding new talent? The GWI report showed that Asian Americans are 95% more likely to say that they rarely see people who look like them in advertising, and Hispanic consumers are 50% more likely to do so. So my question, Cheryl, is in order to reflect the changing complexion and demos of the country, does it start by getting a better group on recruiting, hiring, and maintaining staff from a much more diverse population, in which case it's going to be minority majority by, I believe it's 2040. How do they start nurturing and cultivating younger talent so that it becomes more the norm? If you're talking very specifically about marketing and seeing yourselves reflected, it needs to happen both behind the camera and in front of the camera. The other piece of it is that you can have diversity without inclusion in advertising. And there are still a lot of stereotypes happening where you might place a black person in an ad with a specific product. That product might not be actually appropriate for their skin or their hair, etc. So there's diversity, but there's not inclusion of the product. We are currently conducting research. What it is indicating to us is that we are probably around 20 to 23 years behind 
what is the current 2020 U.S. Census in representation in advertising. If you look at the U.S. Census of 2000, that's mm-hmm. where we are. It's as a result of all of the things that we're talking about. There is not representation in, and the right diverse talent in your workplace. There's not an understanding or a recognition of how you're going to market with your product, what the product is that you're developing, how you're developing it, what your market segmentation strategy, et cetera, et cetera. One of the things that Bridge is doing is we have created an assessment that allows companies to understand where they are on the maturity scale of inclusion across the workplace and the marketplace. Now, what does that mean? It means that you can actually identify which business practices are contributing to representation in advertising, to all of the things that you've identified and understand where those gaps are and then what are the capabilities needed in order to bridge those gaps. We are very far behind still. It's not just as a result of talent, it's a result of everything across the organization. And when we talk about being 20 years behind, is it a question of too much philosophizing Perhaps with DEI, too much letting the perfect be the enemy of the good when there is no perfect solution. I think it's... Complacency? Yeah, and good is good enough. We've checked the box. We are a check the box sort of culture. When everything was becoming digital, it was just like, we have to have digital. Now we can't live without digital. That report that Bridge conducted shows this huge gap and the false sense of self that we have really progressed a lot further than we have is all about we're telling ourselves a whole bunch of lies. We need to work harder to uncover what are the things that are keeping us from actually being more rigorous around what inclusion really looks like because we get to places where we think we are when we're really not. So we have this mad race to the finish. I'm going to show that we've done this. And they're all the holes and all the dead bodies that we've left behind. It's like, okay, well, I had to crawl over this person to get to that person, but I got there. And when you get there, it's not enough because the world is changing faster than we actually imagine. And the needs of the consumers are changing a lot faster than we imagine. It's a lot of internal speak that we do to ourselves versus external sharing around what it really means to make the progress that is necessary to create an inclusive and equitable society that creatively shows that. And Deidre, I want to talk about a recent ANA study, which may provide some context for listeners. The marketing community support of diverse suppliers, the supplier perspective, found that 56% of 89 respondents indicated that interest in supporting diverse suppliers is on the rise. But at the same time, just 38% of diverse suppliers indicated they received increased investment from the marketing advertising communities in 2022, and only 46% said they expect the hike to continue into next year, next year being this year, 2023. So why the gap between actual investments and the level of intent? Is it simply a lack of will, not resources? When you share that information with me, I was pretty shocked, but then I wasn't surprised. Again, I go back to the house. We are creating opportunities and saying that they're equitable without really restructuring how we look at a lot of what got these small, diverse-owned partners into the space that they are versus where they should be. We're not being surgical with respect to how to reevaluate what the KPIs are for diverse-owned partners to be a part of plans. We're doing the best we can at media brands to make sure that we shed light on them. And we're doing the best that we can to introduce things like the future impact study to do first to market things like the Roku study 
We are at, at the service and bequest of our clients. We do what is right for their business and they control the dollars. We don't control the dollars. So we can only make recommendations, very forceful recommendations. But a lot of it is incumbent upon our clients when we have that perfect match where we have our clients that are committed to it. And we have clients that agree that this is an important part of their business growth and an important part of economic prosperity. That's the other thing we have to think through. This is about driving economic access and prosperity for diverse owned suppliers that may not have had a chance at this opportunity in the past. The gap is it's a lack of analytical introspection around what needs to change, not a lack of resources. The resources are there. There's a lack of the willingness to be introspective and really challenge conventional wisdom. We don't challenge the conventions around which we've established the playing field. We've created a playing field and we say it's equal, but it's not equitable. That's another check the box thing that we're seeing. It's become the buzzword. Let's create economic opportunities for underrepresented vendor community. But what's not happening is how we work with them. The change in how we KPI them, the change in how we get them set up in our systems, in how we pay them, in what capacity we ask them to do RFPs. There is so much that is complex around how vendors get set up in systems, around how certain criteria are set for organizations where they say, you must out of three RFPs, make sure that there is somebody from an underrepresented community. What's happening though, is that the work that a small black owned, brown owned business has to go through to complete an RFP that a larger company has had lots of experience doing and then does not get awarded the business is indicative of the structures that are in place that do not actually really, in essence, support the goals of giving business to underrepresented communities. We must start to rethink the structures that are in place. We cannot be equitable if we expect that these organizations, that these vendors, that these companies are going to be successful in the same structures that are currently in place for other bigger, already established organizations. That's really where the gaps are showing up. In terms of a lack of foundation, is it that too many companies are falling into the tokenism trap? We're doing just good enough. The media marketplace is very complicated when we think about viewing habits and we think about consumption habits. And we know that black and brown people might consume content on mass market platforms and mass market platforms are becoming more sophisticated in terms of how they're driving more inclusion. Think about what we heard about at the upfronts with Warner Brothers and what they're doing around that. It's this and that. It's not this or that. We go back to the systemic issues. We say we need this and we need that because this, it actually has a sort of laddering up effect in terms of value and the benefit that we're driving to the community. So it's economic opportunity for diverse own that probably have a very diverse organization because they're serving up content that is diverse. So it's a double down effect in terms of you driving community access. So you're communicating with the communities that you are so well-versed in. You also have people that work with you that are very diverse. It's this really holistic way you have to think about economic access and opportunities for diverse own as it relates to a very through line in terms of what economic access and opportunity really means.
the difference between being proactive and reactive. After George Floyd, everything was reactive. There were commitments made. Companies not even sure how they were going to get to those commitments, but commitments were made. It's like the buzzword, but there's not a proactive approach to saying, how are we going to be successful in doing this and doing that? And that is part of why Bridge is so committed to helping understand what the business capabilities are that need to be built in order to be successful at all of this. Can each of you provide some examples of companies that are leading by example in a collective sense? What are, say, the top three priorities for brands that want to bolster their DEI and belonging? Companies need to understand where they are in order to understand where they need to go. And that's really the key for us. We are very focused in moving DEI from the responsibility of one to the responsibility of many from it being less philosophical to be more practice-driven, from it being less metrics and accountability to more accountability and an understanding of what that means, and really to build the capabilities of how do you build inclusive companies that ultimately deliver equity. We have to create more accountable structures within organizations. This is everyone's job, not the job of one, it's the job of many. We need to make sure that we understand each brand is on a crawl, walk, run journey. And not everyone is going to be at the same inflection point in terms of their ability to engage with these audiences or the ability to drive DEI successfully within the organization throughout the whole entire system. You have to know how you crawl, walk, run. And you have to think about it as two heads of a coin. You are tackling both issues of what we do internally and how do we show up externally. Both of those are extremely important. We have to be committed. This is not a sprint. This is a journey. This is a marathon. This is, we just can't think that it's going to be changed overnight, but we have to be committed and have a resolve around it regardless of whether the CEO leaves or the CMO leaves or the CDO leaves. It has to be a part of the culture of the organization. And we'll have to leave it there. Deirdre, Cheryl, thanks so much for joining me. I appreciate your time. Thank you. To learn more about the Future Impact Study, go to ipgmediabrands.com slash futureimpactstudy. To learn more about the Bridge organization, go to wherebridge.com. If you would like to recommend a guest or topic for a future episode, please email me at mschwartz at ana.net. And be sure to subscribe to Champions of Growth wherever you listen to podcasts. That's all for now. I'm Matthew Schwartz. Thanks for listening. This has been a presentation of the ANA Podcast Network, powered by Odyssey.